Right, good morning. Um, as we've said, my name is Morag. I'm part of the Kingdom Vineyard family and part of the preaching team. And this morning, I think I've got one of the shortest passages I have ever spoken on. Just two verses. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be brief. This is part of our deliberately slow walk through the book of Luke. And as Josh said, the last one before we take our detour for Advent. The pace of our series has allowed us to throw some light on the various characters, which often only get a passing mention as we plough through the Christmas story. Like we've heard about Elizabeth and Zechariah and the birth of John the Baptist and Simeon, who Toby spoke on last week. Today, I am speaking on a minor character who is mentioned only here in these two verses. But what is crammed in here, I think, does bear its own talk. So let's read those two verses from Luke chapter 2, verses 36 to 38. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. I have a tale of two women for you this morning. The first one is Anna, and the other is the lady who wrote this sermon, which I can now reveal to you wasn't me. I hope to honor this friend of mine and not embarrass her too much. I mentioned that these verses were to be the basis of my next sermon and asked my friend, Cynthia, if she had any thoughts on Anna. Could she let me know? And so she wrote me a letter, the content of which has become this talk. To set the scene again, we are in the temple for Mary and Jesus to have their purification. As we read in verses 22 to 24, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves and two young pigeons. This gives us a reminder that this narrative is placed firmly in the Jewish tradition and that Mary and Joseph weren't in the upper echelons of society because they couldn't afford the sacrifice of a lamb, but only the pair of doves or two young pigeons. Once again, a reminder that our story takes place among the everyday, ordinary people, the God-loving, God-believing people living their everyday, ordinary lives. However, rather than being in the backwatersville of the hill country where Elizabeth and Zechariah lived, or even in Bethlehem, 
we move to the most important location for the Jews, the temple in Jerusalem. So, who is it that will recognize the importance of this wee baby? Is it finally someone who will be able to influence society and persuade others that the Messiah has come? The priests or the scholars that spend their time in the temple? Nope. It's not God's MO, is it? We've learned that so far in the book of Luke, and actually it's not his MO ever. First, the Holy Spirit brings Simeon into the temple. And he prophesies over the baby Jesus and Mary. And we're pretty sure that Simeon was an elderly gentleman. He was promised by God that he would see the Messiah before he died. And after having seen Jesus, he's ready to depart in peace. The next character on stage is an elderly lady, Anna, a widow. The first thing we're told about Anna is that she was a prophet. This period, the 400 years or so between the two testaments, was supposed to be a time when God was silent. But we've heard already Mary, Elizabeth, Zechariah, and Simeon prophesy. So I suggest God has not been silent. He's still speaking to those who would listen but those he's spoken to weren't listened to. He's been choosing all the wrong people. These people were too obscure, too ordinary. And Anna, a woman and a widow, another poor choice. Even within these two short verses, we are given Anna's background. She is the daughter of Penuel, from the tribe of Asher, Asher being one of the sons of Israel, establishing her, again, the Jewish credentials. We also hear that she was a widow who sadly lost her husband after only seven years of marriage and was now 84. We're told that she effectively lived in the temple. It may be that the temple may have had a duty to provide a home for widows, as God commanded in many places in the Bible, such as Psalm 68 verse 5, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. Or in Deuteronomy 10 verse 18, he defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow, and he loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. Whether this was the case or not, we definitely know that she spent her days in prayer and worship. She knew the scriptures, listened to God, and was, along with Simeon, waiting for and expecting the coming of the Messiah. She also comes into the temple at the exact moment where Mary, Joseph, and Jesus were there. I think, as Toby said of Simeon last week, this would be in a response to a prompting of the Spirit. A lady known for hearing the voice of God and responding as a prophet, I'm sure it would be a nudge of the Spirit that she responds to that brings this encounter with Jesus. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and immediately recognizing the one for whom she was waiting, began praising God. 
Isn't it amazing that she immediately recognizes the baby Jesus as the Messiah? He wasn't exactly what most people were expecting, but, and I hope I'm not reading too much into my two verses, but I do believe that Anna would have been reading the scriptures with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. She was listening to God's voice and would recognize Jesus as we do now in passages such as Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Anna talks about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. Therefore, the first evangelist was an elderly woman. She knew her scriptures, she knew her God, and she knew it was her job to tell the world the Messiah had come. Cynthia gave me a couple of suggestions of what we should learn from Anna. Anna had been waiting a long time for the Messiah. Henri Nouwen was a Dutch Catholic priest and scholar, and he said this, Waiting is a period of learning. The longer we wait, the more we hear about him for whom we are waiting. I believe that Anna spent her time of waiting, learning, and listening to God, so that when Jesus came into her life, she recognized him immediately. Our time of waiting is in the now and not yet of God's kingdom between the time when Jesus, the Messiah, has come and will come again. We have been given this time of waiting to learn to recognize Jesus. We will recognize him when he comes back to bring the fullness of his kingdom. And in the meantime, we learn to recognize him amongst us, what he is doing in our lives and in the world, and we recognize his presence with us. Cynthia put it this way, the longer Christ delays his return gives me more time to learn from my Bible and other places more about him. We can never get enough and we are all at different stages of learning. With this attitude, waiting is not passive, but an active pursuit of who we are waiting for. And then at the end of her waiting, after she recognized Jesus, Anna praised God and proceeded to tell all who would listen about Jesus. And to quote Cynthia again, like Anna, it is our job to praise God and tell as many people as we can about his son Jesus before it is too late. Second Peter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I hope we can understand God's patience and use it as Cynthia would urge us to learn more about who we are waiting for and to tell others about Jesus. We can get impatient 
with waiting. And we can grow complacent in sharing Jesus with others. And so I share with you a tale of two women, Anna and Cynthia. Anna's life had not panned out as she may have hoped, being widowed so early into her married life. But she took where she was and made a conscious decision that her life would be spent in pursuit of God. She spent her time of waiting, learning the scriptures and recognizing and responding to God's voice. She knew her scriptures, she knew her God, and she knew her job was to tell people about Jesus. I'm just going to say, forgive me, Cynthia, I hope I'm not going to embarrass you. <laughs> I hope I'll do you justice. Um, Cynthia, she's of the same vintage as Anna, let's put it that way. And it's fair to say that she's also had a life of ups and downs, which has led her from Northwest England to Zimbabwe and now to Edinburgh, and through her daughter, Wendy, into my and my family's lives. When she said that we are all at different stages of learning, she then went on to say that she thought she was far behind myself and Wendy. And I would like to respectfully disagree. The truth is, she said, we are all at different stages and we have all learned different things, neither in front nor behind each other, which is why it's so important that we share with each other across churches, across traditions, and across generations. And it's why I am honored to share Cynthia's message with you today. Cynthia has found herself at a point in life which she may or may not have expected for herself. But she too has made a conscious decision to pursue the one for whom she is waiting. In her letter to me, Cynthia demonstrated like, that like Anna, she knows her scriptures, knows her God, and knows it is her job to tell people about Jesus. Wendy jokes with me that her mum is the very definition of the persistent widow in the parable. She prays regularly, often, and for many different people and situations. If she says she will pray for you, she will pray for you. She will offer to pray for people around her, for their friends and their family. She prays for the doctors and nurses which look after her health needs and those of her family and friends. And I think even more importantly, she praises God for answers to prayer. She thanks Jesus for peace in the midst of struggles. She thanks Jesus for timely doctor's appointments and she tells everyone including the doctors, that she thanks God for these things. Being prayed for by Cynthia is appreciated by so many for what it is, an act of love and kindness from a lady of faith. I am so glad that I had that conversation with Cynthia about my two-verse sermon. I am so thankful that it led her to write to me with such wisdom. And I shudder to think of the wisdom I may have missed by not listening to Cynthia 
or others like her in my life. God uses the forgotten, the less than, and makes them gold. The teenager from Galilee to be the mother of Jesus. The childless Elizabeth and Zechariah from Backwatersville to be the parents of John the Baptist. The shepherds on the hillsides on the edges to be the first to see Jesus. Anna, the widow, to be the first evangelist. The lady who thinks her learning is less than to share wisdom. Anna and Cynthia know their scriptures, know their God, and know their job is to tell people about Jesus. And when I grow up, I want to be just like them. Why don't you stand and I'll pray for us. Thank you, Lord, that you use the ordinary and make it extraordinary. Thank you that you see the people that the world or society has forgotten or pushed to one side. Thank you that these are the people you use and that you speak to. May we have ears to hear what you are saying to us through them and not to miss you because you don't come as we expect you to. I pray that we will pursue the one we are waiting for by learning more and more about Jesus through scripture and through each other. And we'll be motivated and ready to tell others about Jesus with a sense of importance and urgency. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.